0: So welcome everyone. Welcome to the Courage in You podcast. My name is Desiree, and this is another, um, this is another podcast that is going to the collaboration with Alpha Kappa Omicron and organizations that advocate and cater to mental health. And I have two very special guests. I do have Ingrid from Alpha Kappa Omicron and Kyle from Nami. So first, let's go to introduce introduce them. Let's introduce Ingrid first. All right, Ooh, we're jumping
1: into intros. Okay. So hi, everyone. My name is Ingrid Mopano. Uh, just a little bit about myself. I was born and raised in San Jose, so Bay Area Girl for Life. Currently live in Philly and have been in this area for at least six or seven years now. And so just to give you a little bit of background about my family, I grew up in a Filipino immigrant household. So to give you some context, I identify as Filipino American. All right, my relationship to Alpha Kappa Omicron, or I was part of the charter class that helped bring the sorority to San Jose State University in 2011, so it's been uh, almost 10 years, and graduated from San Jose State in 2012 with a bachelor in health science or public health and a minor in public relations. And so I would say in terms of this topic today, we're talking about mental health stigma, um, there wasn't an aha moment where I said, oh, I, I care about mental health. I am an advocate for mental health. I think it was definitely a buildup of different moments and different situations that have brought me here today. And so I would say in college is where my passion for mental health really sparked and thinking of solutions to address mental health stigma and problems. And so during my undergrad um, at SJSU, as was a peer health educator and also worked as a student worker at the counseling services office. So really exposed to a lot of training and programming that addressed things like alcohol and drugs abuse, violence prevention, sexual health, stress management, and also suicide prevention. And then I would say at that time, during that time, there was definitely a lot of personal struggles I went through, primarily related to family, I really impacted my mental well-being. And at the time didn't really know what was going on. And also a lot of my friends, you know, who I met in college were also experiencing very similar or different struggles but we were all kind of on that same boat. And so I think, you know, being a peer health educator and also getting that training, uh official training on how to on different issues, I think I was able to help better support my friends and also my family because again, they just were going through a lot similar to I was. So I think it's really important to be kind of trained and so I'm almost done, but in addition to mental health, I'm also <laughs> very passionate about addressing health disparities specifically in racial and ethnic minority communities. And so that's why I decided to uh, pursue a master in social work and public health skills degree, which I'm doing right now part-time and also working full-time doing admin work at Temple University. So I'm having live in the fun life. And so I would say within the last five years or so, I've been really on this journey to self-heal and also just to find inner peace through meditation, yoga, and therapy. Yes, therapy. I can talk about that today. And so um, I would say, yes, until then, I was really focused on trying to help others. But really, I think within the last five years or so, have been really focusing on myself so that I can help others. And that is my
0: introduction. Thank you so much for being here. I love... Yeah, I love your introduction. Thank you for explaining uh, who you truly are to explain the audience. So next, let's um, introduce Kyle. He is from NAMI. Can you introduce yourself and, indus- and a little introduction about NAMI, what you do? Awesome, thank
2: you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Des, for setting this up. Ingrid, thank you for that. You were hitting so many notes that were snappable and I was vibing with yeah. really hard. Uh, my name is Kyle Galimba. I am the events manager for NAMI Santa Clara County. I graduated from San Jose State in marketing in December 2019. So right before COVID, I got my uh, degree and got pushed into the work field. And um, so that's what happened there. I just, I'm just i very excited to be speaking on this topic and with this group, with AKO. I am the little brother of a sister uh, my my uh, older sister was an AKR1. I want to say around 2015, 2016, around that year. And uh, Ingrid actually knows my sister's Ate. Apparently, we found out before this. So, like, that's Ew. super cool. Yeah. It's, um,
0: world. <laughs> um, it's small world. world.
2: super. And, um, oh, I, I want to say, because like, Des, we were talking about caps over at San Jose State, like, briefly earlier. And uh, I started off getting my, this, this is all going to tie together. <laughs> so, I started getting mm-hmm. my, uh my counseling at San State through CAPS and it was the best experience or the best wow. uh, counseling experience I've got uh, through the board. I used to get it from Kaiser and other places. I don't want to talk smack about it, but yeah. And uh, yeah, no, it was all there. It was all free. And by the time when I graduated 2019 and then COVID goes down, it's just like, oh, I got mm-hmm. my, I got my, my counseling for free. Now I'm not even at that school anymore. Now I can't even go outside. And that's when I came up on NAMI. And then I was like, I just explained my situation. I emailed them. I was like, hey, I just had, I had the best counseling at school. Now I have really bad insurance and I can't get counseling. Mm-hmm. I'm tripping about work. I just got laid off, you know. And, you know, I have, I don't have school anymore. So I was all this big schedule with nothing to do. And I'm, I'm trying to stay productive. And they were super just like, oh, I'm so sorry. I was, was talking to a person that's just like, hey, I'm sorry you're going. Th- I'm sorry your insurance is bad. Here, check out. Uh, these things, and I'm still seeing to this, seeing the same therapist from their, um from Nami's recommendation. Uh, I'm finally diagnosed with a uh, general anxiety and severe depression, thanks to thanks to Nami and the resources they hooked me up with. I'm finally medicated, I, and uh, Ingrid, you brought that up. Yay. No shame in your meds game, as we posted yes. recently. And um, yeah, no, I'm I'm very excited to what we uh, what we're gonna talk about, especially because. Um, Uh, school and mental health at that age is super rough Mm -hmm. and uh yeah and especially when you're trying to figure it out like I I I do stand up on the side and having to juggle school and like is what I'm creative want to do what I physically what I you know life want to do is really confusing and hard. Oh, I remember what I was say. Uh, um, <laughs> this this Filipino club is where I first uh, Ako and in, uh, in Akbayan. That's where I did first ever yes. did comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it went. Oh. <laughs>
1: oh.
2: But um, yeah, no, hey. that's, that's that's my spiel. I'm, oh um, and I'm the events manager for NAMI. me. Like I said, I know I'm going a while with this. Uh, event, events for NAMI, we got some big things on deck. I'll talk about later. But other things for resources, there's a bunch of things for um, for uh, race-related trauma uh, resources for NAMI, um, PTSD for vet- veterinarians, LGBTQTA uh, different support groups, and everything's free. No cost to you. We pay for Ooh. everything. That's why. That's why we need to do these fundraisers because we gotta pay. For okay. I love it. Making, that's all I, gotta I say.
0: love it. Oh my gosh! Wow. Thank you love for sharing your story. I thank love you, it. but thank you so much for being here. Like, um, I recently learned about Nami, and I've always wanted to learn more about Nami. So I really, really appreciate for you being here. I really appreciate you, um, for um Being here to talk about this topic and to t- to give resources to college students that desperately need it right now, especially in the middle of this pandemic, um, mental health mental health problems are arising right now. So I'm really really happy and let's just get start um, talking about the topic. Cool. Thank you so much for being here. So thank you, thank but,
2: you, Des. Thank
0: you. <laughs> I know. So. <laughs> So the topic of today is stigma and I know stigma is something that a lot of you may have heard Um, a lot of you may have may understand but a lot of you may know but don't completely understand what stigma is so the stigma is society's negative perception of mental health it's society society's disapproval that often shows shame to people who live with mental illnesses because society kind of looks at mental health as nothing or it's not real. And they kind of look at mental health as this excuse or laziness and that's not true. And it could also mean, it can also show exaggeration of what mental illness is like in movies, you know, Mm -hmm. and and it shows that mental illnesses are insane or crazy. Mm -hmm. And that kind of gets this perception that your mental health is an embarrassment and it's not that we have this whole perception that society built that mental health is not important it's too bizarre and it kind of makes it so much harder for people who have mental illnesses or have struggles in their mental health and because of this because of this it, the stereotypes and discriminations and it makes it harder for people because of this constant fear and misunderstanding And it's important because the stigma is the number one reason of why a lot of people don't get help. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't want to understand themselves and they think that they're different and they think they're not worthy or they're not enough or they think that they're not capable of so many things. So it's really, and this topic of today is really important to talk about because a lot of people don't want to talk about mental health and a lot of people are afraid to have conversations about mental health and mental illnesses but that in that very in that statement shows that we're kind of contributing to the stigma and we don't want that so i want to ask these two amazing people in greater kyle why do you think learning about the stigma is important and what do you think about the stigma
2: You go first. You can go first,
1: Opile. So (laughs) I introduce myself Um, first, but go ahead.
2: (laughs) I think what is the stigma and why, why people should learn about mental health? Mm -hmm. I think that mental health is like, okay, so I'm sad, right? And you guys are my friends. And then you guys would say, why? And I think that's all it is. I think mental health is someone has something and then it's a group of people peers family whatever that are around them that go that will give you some kind of non-judgmental support and i think that's and the stigma go, comes into comes into play when you're like i'm sad no you're not or like you have all this or like mm-hmm. i'm sad or like you you know what i mean it's just denying what that is or like i'm sad i'm mad or anything and Um, I I just think it's as simple as um, what is the problem or how could I help you if you don't know I'm listening you know like all all we really need is uh, to break that stigma is to validate that there is a problem and understand that we might not know how to do it or understand that all you got to do is ask how could I support you like not everyone's like oh I need a hug I need I need to talk about my feelings other people are just like I just want to tell you I'm sad and feel your energy reflected back to me. And that's how I feel a sport. You don't have to do anything. But some people, you just need to talk about that. And I understand that a lot of stigma or a lot of what friction that could happen is, um, why won't you let me help you? You know what I mean? Like, you're, if you're sad, why don't you let me help you? And I feel like that pressure is what adds to the stigma and the, the lack of understanding, because uh, you could easily just say, um, I don't know how you could help me. And that's enough.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
2: Cool, for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, you made sense. <laughs> it, 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 made it makes sense
0: that, what? Sorry. <laughs> no, go, go ahead. ahead, go ahead. It I makes was gonna, jump to because, Like we constantly want to help people, but the stigma is like a barrier to it. And that's the reason, and it's really important. I want to say, I want to say this, but I forgot to say it, but we have to realize that stigma is not true. It's a bunch of misconceptions, misunderstandings that society kind of made. And it's important to understand that sometimes it's as simple as, hey, I'm sad. Mm -hmm. And it's as simple as like not saying, like, like you're not, you're not supposed to be sad or what are you doing or whatever. It's, it's to break the stigma is saying like, hey, how can I help you? And that's mm-hmm. one. Thank you for that. How about you, Ingrid? Um, I mean, I agree with what both of
1: you are saying. And then I know, Dev, you mentioned, there was one thing you mentioned that I wrote down was, you know, that uh, people don't want to talk about their mental health. But I think people do want to talk about their mental health, but I think we just don't have the environment and the culture that allows people to talk comfortably about the mental health. So I, I didn't want to bring that up because I think that's what stigma creates. It creates this environment where people are afraid, even for myself. I mean, my personal experience, it, it took me a while to even tell my, my mom, right, that I'm going to therapy. And as soon as I told her, she just said, oh my, like she went. You know, she kind of went, a little, kind of overreacted a little bit, in my opinion. But, you know, I think um, I think we, that's what stigma does. And I also think stigma creates this, the word that I wanted to bring up, I did, you know, before this podcast, think about it a lot, was it creates a culture of shame. So I think when people, you know, I feel like a lot of us are walking around with, I would say for myself, and I've said this kind of recently, it's like, sometimes I feel like I'm walking with a mask not the COVID-19 mask, but another mask of just kind of, you know, when, like when I'm at work or even school, there's always that question of how are you? And I know in training and my social work background, it's always saying like, you know, when people ask you how you are, you should really, not you should, but recommendations, tell them how you truly feel. I mean, people are you know, sometimes I want to just say I'm tired or I am done. I don't want to be here like working, but it's still a struggle for me to do that because in that time, depending on the environment I I'm in, I just tend to say I'm good or I'm okay. But I think, you know, it's really hard because fighting that stigma is super difficult, but I think it's great that you're doing this podcast. because I feel like the mm-hmm. first step to addressing stigma is to raise awareness and to talk about it like we're doing today and sharing sharing the story so that's what I wanted
0: to add to this piece yeah and it's, it's really important. Like, like okay um like you said you. Um, like you said it's really the first thing that you should do is to talk about it you know and a lot of people like like you said and it's true that people do want to talk about it but they're restricted and feel like they shouldn't but this is like what we're all doing today we're talking about it and you were gonna say something Kyle
2: yeah, can I add a? I'm gonna add a personal story because I want to talk about the loneliness that comes out of stigma for the individual afflicted. Um, so my first, I'd say, break, I'd say, mental break. I was about 17, and um, I was getting bullied. Uh, my, I was in a toxic high school relationship with a girl who um, was in and out of uh, the mental hospital. I was with her through one or two suicide attempts, I think, and this is all through 17, and I'm struggling with my own, um, what's the word, Um, sexuality at the time. So it was just a whole lot at, you know, 17, and you know, getting ready for college apps and stuff. So I had a break, and immediately after that, uh, my mom, we stopped really talking come to find out recently um, she was scared of me after that she thought I was some type of mm. crazy and what I want to bring up is the loneliness that comes out of that because I didn't have to figure anything out of this alone I didn't need to go find out like if someone had been like oh let's go find some resources together I feel like that would have uh, made the whole thing a lot faster so the problem with stigma i think is it protects a uh, uh, it protects an incorrect way of thinking while ignoring the needs of the person actually afflicted and
0: yeah that's it thank you so much for sharing that yeah and that's really like i love how you <laughs> said that i love, love how you said that because with the stigma it is it does really, like, no one really talks about the loneliness the stigma brings and that mm-hmm. we have the opportunity to break this, you know? Right. And, like, even right now, like, I'm such an advocate for for mental health. And I always tell everyone, like, it's okay to feel, it's okay to be sad. And like, I'm here to to talk to you. But when I'm going through my own thing, like, I still kind of get afraid, like, should I say this? Like, I feel like I've been talking about my sadness way too much, but I'm really struggling right now. And I'm, I'm, and I'm still kind of living through the stigma. Um, right. and it's really important for all of us to kind of like, understand the stigma, understand how to break it. Um, mm-hmm. and it's not going to be a day. It's not going to be that moment that, Oh, the stigma is gone. You know, it's <sighs> like, it's a whole generation. Yeah. You're like, it's in a this- process. yeah, it's a process. And I feel like in this, like, like mental health is looked at in a different way comparing to other generations like it's a lot better now but i feel like we can just do even more better so mm-hmm.
1: right
0: Fine. so so next we're going to talk about like the examples of stigma like what do we do in our lives that contribute to stigma but we don't realize it so for me i say judging others so when people come to you and say they're sad or say that they're struggling or saying that they're scared or anxious, you know, you, like to show judgment shows that like, hey, like you're, you're different. You know, you're not you're not OK. I don't want to deal with this. That's that's one thing, judging others. And another one I really want to sh- talk about is using diagnoses as adjectives, like saying, oh, man, like I feel like I'm I feel so depressed right now. Or, or this person has so many moods, like, why is she so bipolar? Kind of. Mm-hmm. Like that, mm-hmm. you know? And that's one thing that, you know, sometimes we don't even realize that we're doing. But that's a really big one that's contributing to the stigma. Because, you know, if you said that to an actual person who has depression, that's kind of like an insult. Because depression is not only sadness. You know, it's much more than that. And using it as an as, as a adjective kind of shows kind of minimizes it and kind of shows like oh like oh you're depressed okay go out for a walk that's that's not that's not right that's one that's a couple of things Mm -hmm. what do y'all think i mean i just thank you for bringing that up about
1: language and the importance of it because i think when we label people or we use like what you mentioned some of those um words so for i mean growing up like recently i've it's just been i've been working on not labeling people as crazy or retarded I don't even like that word and I just said it but um you know growing up that was normal like that was such a normal thing to call people I me- sometimes you know on Facebook those memories come up and I'm kind of embarrassed sometimes about the things that I've I've posted on Facebook and and um you know some things I've said like in comments I'll read from when I was a freshman in college in 2009 or something it said something like you're gay or this is retarded I would that was part of my language and so I think at the time I didn't really know that I didn't really there was no awareness about it so I think you're right in recent years there has been more push towards that and so I've been kind of more, been more aware of it but I also think it's important that we don't and I don't use this word, but now I know a lot people the cancel culture where you know, as soon as someone says that, I think people tend to shut, shut them out and say, oh my gosh, I can't believe they said that. I don't want to be their friend. And so I think it's important that we, you know, if someone does say that in your family or your friends circle, just to kind of talk about like, what like what do you mean by that, you know? And so kind of educating them at the same time, because yeah, I've, I've had friends who said things like, like my brother, not my brother. <laughs> I had a friend who one time said, you know, was just like, oh, that's gay. And so I remember at first I was kind of, I was really offended, but then I just asked this person, I just said, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean by that? Or if it's something else like, oh, that person's bipolar. So I just asked them like, what do you mean by that? Um, And then most of the time when I ask that question, they're kind of stumped because they don't really know why they even said that or there's really no meaning to it. So I think that's kind of an educational moment. So I think that's great that you brought up that one thing is language um and just being aware of it but it's okay to make mistakes and love- just kind of talk to people about it
0: oh, i love that you said that that like sometimes people don't mean it and that's where yeah you can go and educate other people i love that thank you thank you so much for your
1: mm-hmm.
0: how was you kyle
2: thank you for all of that yeah That um god i had something something in mind and then i was like damn you blew my world right there <laughs>
1: Uh, Boom.
0: <laughs> right. I, I can ask it again if anything. Is um, yes. like, what like what do you think that we do in our lives that contributes to stigma? we don't realize,
2: okay, it? for sure. Um, yeah, so coming from the, the comedy world, right? Um, you, you know, like, oh, I was just joking, it's just a joke, right? Um, and when i talk to people about comedy he's like oh is it hard to do now like because people are so cancel culture dah, dah, dah. and it's like it's really interesting to me and uh this meant uh, one of my mentors che guerrero from philly actually um Ooh. he um he um he said that in i'm paraphrasing comedy is just evolving. Like this is the the voice of the audience now and this audience wants to be more inclusive. They wanna be more sensitive. And like, uh, like what you're saying, Ingrid, like why did I have to say, why, what? Okay, so I say a joke and the punchline is you're gay, right? Do I want that to be my punchline? Is that my character? Is that the persona I have for myself on stage? You know, no. I could do something way more sophisticated, say more sophisticated mm-hmm. words and it'll get a bigger laugh because it's more honest, it's more real. So we're all going to this, um, this, um, this new era of what we say and what we joke about. And like, and I thank you for saying you could be wrong. And I feel that's a big thing. I, um, someone brought up this word to me, cultural humility. And I think Mm -hmm. that's what comes up. This is like the humility to be like, my bad. I didn't mean to say that. And that's okay. As long as you don't make it worse, like reflect in yourself. Like why, uh, if my going back to that um, uh, 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 example, why do I think the punchline you're gay is the punchline? What does that say about me? What do I need to change? And just looking into yourself and let, you know, let yourself be wrong. Let yourself feel guilty, but then there's too much going on for you to stay in that mindset you know you're like you like yeah more more hands on deck let' let let's feel bad for a little bit learn about what happened and then do do other stuff you know we, we got more stuff to do yeah, yeah.
0: and yeah. I, oh, I love how you can, like, you both talk about it because you know a lot of people don't want to talk about like kind of refuse to talk about these things because they're afraid to get canceled and they're afraid right. of things that are wrong and along with the stigma and that kind of re- can relate to judging, like judging others like, and right. like to, it, sh- it should always be like a, like a good environment, like to educate you, to accept, to understand, to accept to, mm-hmm. And that's what we kind of need to do is that it's okay to be wrong. It's yeah. okay yeah. to say things that you don't entirely mean. And it's okay for someone to admit that you're wrong. And it's okay to admit that, oh wait, that was kind of bad. I'm sorry. I don't want to do it again. And that's mm-hmm. that's a really, really good good example. And like and that's like how it is with like our families too. Like let's now let's talk about like the stigma within cultures you know, and- Ooh, in fun with
2: that. Cultures. That transition was fire. Yes. <laughs> Dang. I was <laughs> like, well, you so I'm sorry. Transition.
1: <laughs> Don't cut this out. Go ahead. So- I was like, you just transitioned. <laughs> I said, wait,
0: hold on now. I gotta- do Go so, switch so, it up. The transition was so clean. Okay. <laughs> know, <laughs> Go ahead. Within the, within the cultures, it's like even more, even harder because in, in the Filipino culture- Mental health does not exist. Mm-hmm. And that's something that was really, really hard for me to understand. Like when I was a kid, I used to be really sad and I used to cry, but I couldn't show it because I was labeled as weak. I was, mm-hmm. what are you doing? I was labeled as like, oh, like she's crying. Like, why are you being weak? Like you, you shouldn't have shown anyone. I used to literally like cry, lock myself in the bathroom, cry. And get out like a like nothing ever happened and i don't and the reason why i'm so so passionate about mental health but i don't want like my kids to feel like that Mm -hmm. i want my kids to feel like hey it's okay to be sad and it's okay to ask for help and like for example and for example the reason why i'm so passionate about mental health because i had a family member who was struggling a lot Mm -hmm. And my other family members kept on saying, like, oh, like, he's crazy. He's insane. Like, I don't know what, what he's doing. He's crazy. Like, stay away from him. You know, stay away. I'm like, how can I stay away when this is, I'm not going to say who it is, but this person is so personal to me. And, and like, it was just surrounded by the stigma, like, hey, the mental health does not exist. He's just being lazy. He's just being crazy. He's just being insane. Mm-hmm. He's being this. But well, no, he's not, he's struggling and I couldn't help him. But now I, ha- I want to learn and have the opportunity to help people like him because I didn't have a chance to do it when I was a kid. So let's, and a, so a really good one to even disrupt the stigma is within your own culture. Because it's really hard, especially in Asian culture, especially in every, any culture. I'm not, I'm not trying to like pinpoint a certain culture, but it's just the stigma within culture is, is crazy. And it's like, it's so sad and disheartening. It's so like, it's hard, but we have the opportunity to break that. And we have the opportunity to speak on that and we have the opportunity to voice it. So it'll be better. So I know that was a lot. Well, what do you? It just brought back some
1: childhood traumas over here. <laughs> because same. I do. I yeah, you know, I was like, I same. think we're all. Just, me and Kyle, we're just sitting here, like, oh, just reminds oh. me. And you know what? I did experience that same thing that as you Desi talked about. I think maybe the three of us, at three of us here on this podcast, have that same experience where I've cried. I've cried in my room by myself. I've actually had like tantrums because growing up. And my family at least. And so I think this is applicable to many cultures. But I'll talk from my family. My dad was very, he, I was labeled to cry, baby, since I was four. They would always make fun of me. And also, I think he was very, he's very traditional, kind of, you know, with gender roles, male, female, but he was very, he would always tell me to stop crying. And I never really got to explore my feelings. If anything, I remember there was this one time I was so mad at my parents. I, couldn't even say the words I was crying so hard and I ended up just basically like punching the floor and just take like tearing apart my room because I didn't know how to there was no way for me to verbally say how I was feeling and that still that took me a while even in college I was kind of the same and luckily I did have my friends I think without them I wouldn't have survived because I did tell them everything and I'm so glad they just listened like they never gave me advice they just said you know I don't even I can't even remember any advice they gave me. They only what they did was they provide me a space and if I did there was one point I did run away from home and and so I was always there was always a place to go and luckily I wasn't out on the streets and so there was always my friends were always there. And so I would say, um yeah, I think it's 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 very hard to tackle a very traditional thing that's been going on with the family because it's it's hard. There's definitely a lot of things that we don't talk about, but I'm always willing to talk about with family members. Um, so yeah, there's a history of, I know suicides for instance, and we never talk about that or suicide attempts from some family members. And that's just never talked about substance abuse, all of that. And so um, I think you're right. That definitely this generation or, and, and future generations can definitely try to break that stigma slowly. Um, so that's my two cents, but go ahead, Kyle. <laughs> Thank
2: you. Um, thanks for wow <laughs> talking about how your friends are there because I think what I'm still trying to get a get organized in my head it's I okay. think I want to start here so you talk about how your friends are like that main support and I think for Filipino culture that's a very hard skill to swallow because we're so deeply rooted in the family and that could be toxic in and of itself because Mm -hmm. that gives you a card to be like oh we're family I could do whatever I want and we're close right um and that's I think that's all I want to say about that just sometimes you're in a bad situation and no one can tell you who the right support is you know that's up to you 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 choose your friends um for me personally, I'm, I'm the first American born in the family. Uh, I'm the only one that didn't have to g- deal with immigration and uh, getting green cards, everything like that. So uh, that's a little background there. And when I came up to my parents about like, oh, I feel this about this and X, Y, Z, their solution was always um, work harder, keep your head down, just focus on school, just focus on work. That was the issue. Just don't make a big deal out of it. Just work harder, focus on work. Now over time, the relationship with my parents is like what is the only thing I feel safe about talking now. I I have work. I could talk to you about work. I could talk to you about school. And then over time, what if work and school isn't going that well? What can we talk mm-hmm. about? And then there's just like so many layers of shame that are that are there in a stigma that chooses or in a culture that chooses to focus on work, you know, uh, hard work and pulling up by the bootstraps and maybe um as uh when you're in this new country that's your that's your big that's your main idea survival but now we're in a time where we want more than that you know and mm-hmm. i know it's gonna be the last point it's gonna be very hard to talk to someone like uh for me like mommy puppy you're not listening to what i'm saying you know like this is this is what i'm trying to like there's a stigma involved in this um again, like, you are in charge of what's too much and what's not, and something, um, like, don't keep barking up the same tree if it's bad for you, is what I want to yep. say. Like, I'm not saying you got to cut out everyone, cut out your whole family, but, you know, give yourself some time for space, if whatever it is, if, if you could physically get out of the house, sure, go with your friends, if you can't, like, go, get lost in a book or something, um, but it's a lot of stress to want to have to change someone, and, what my therapist told me is like you may not be able to change them but you will be the generation that breaks that cycle of stigma Mm -hmm. like you're you're for sure learning from this you are not going to treat your kids the same way so at the very least you can't like you may not be able to change them but the very least you could do better um Mm -hmm. and i think that's very powerful and i think we could all do that
0: i love that i love i love how you said that because i was like just thinking like I didn't like the stigma I had in my culture growing up, but I also Mm -hmm. notice the opportunity that I have to help the next generation or my generation, you know, to help my Mm -hmm. kids, to help my little nieces and nephews that they're struggling with their mental health and I have the opportunity to say, like, hey, it's okay. It's okay to be sad. Mm -hmm. It's okay to to sit here with me and cry. And that's one thing that you could do is one thing and that and that leads Mm -hmm. to one of our last topics is ways to (laughs) the (laughs) (laughs) the ways to break through the stigma and i have like a whole i feel like list is first is to end the negative perception the end negative perception that mental health is not okay when it is, that's to end it. And next is after you feel like you like understood it a little more, is to educate other people, like how we talked about earlier in this, in this podcast. To educate other people, mm-hmm. like, hey, you're not supposed to say that. Why'd you say that? you're not supposed to. Like, or hey, and then next one is to be there for people who are hurting. That's a really good one because a lot yeah. of people kind of like feel like there's no one there for them when they're hurting if you can be that one person that can be there for hurting that can influence that person to be there for someone else who's hurting and that person to be there for someone else and hurting it's going to be like a domino effect that we're all and it comes to the like a society that is there for each other
1: mm-hmm.
0: so what do y'all think after I said those things
1: girl i agree with all of that and so something i did want to bring up too but i think ties in with this to fight against the stigma and i wrote it on my little post-it over here is kind of to fight against i don't know if this is coined but like the perfect life culture i think in general you know i i don't know this is just for my experience um growing up especially with social media and you know we post what we we just post usually post what's kind of like the best aspects of our life and I would say for myself that kind of took a toll on me I started comparing I did you know it it, it impacted my mental health because I was comparing myself to what my friends had so a lot of my friends right now are getting married they're buying a house they're getting these graduate degrees and so we never talk about like you know I think I think that's actually dangerous and what's contributing to the stigma is just trying to get this like perfect life and perfect you know like everything perfect even now i think even just by having this conversation like are we seeing the right thing or blah blah blah. it's just like we just need to work towards fighting against that i think and really being honest about what we're going through life and so i mean i've had to kind of stop do some social media breaks because sometimes just growing and just seeing those perfect mess perfect life posts or whatever it just kind of takes a toll on me so um yeah that's just one thing I wanted to add but there's more I don't know if Kyle has any keep going
2: keep going <laughs> keep going You're on a roll. Uh, another I thing to find more. out again
1: <laughs> 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 but no, no, I, I, I did also want to go yeah I wanted to piggyback on what um Des said about kind of just talking openly and, and I think the most important thing is you know when when I was asked to do this podcast, I was like mental health advocate because I don't really see myself as that. I just kind of just, you know, like at first I didn't see myself as it, but when I really reflected, I was thinking, you know, anyone can be a mental health advocate. So anyone that's listening to this podcast can be someone, just a friend, right? And someone like what you mentioned is just listen. You don't have to be a therapist. You don't have to work in the psychology field to be like a mental health advocate. So I think simple things, is just like, knowing how to listen. There are a lot of trainings out there where I participated. I, I think in California, at least there's you and adult mental first aid, which is free. So you just kind of learn the basics of just things like we don't even think about like how to actively listen, how to talk to someone or, you know, like what you mentioned, not judge is just to kind of listen to that person. And so I would say um, that's helped me for many years. And I think that's why a lot of a lot of people tend to come to me if they have issues. And that's what I've always been. But I think the most effective way that, you know, you as a person, you as a friend, as a family member, and just be an advocate just by listening. And um you know, like what you mentioned is just educating yourself about what resources are out there. So, you know, it's not all on you. You're not the therapist, right? You're not the professional help, but you can at least be that bridge to connecting that person to a resource. So you could say, Hey, I know about I know about Nami or I know it's at school at San Jose State, they offer free services to students. So just kind of educating yourself and and being that again, like what I said, just being that bridge and and just listening
0: to that person. I love that. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. That was that so bars. beautiful. <laughs> said that was so beautiful. Said so. Now, how about you, Kyle? Yeah, you me. about Um,
2: you went said most of what I want to say. <laughs> um, I think what is scary is like what we're trying to do is trying to teach empathy you know what I mean like how do we feel for someone and that's something to teach something that's hard to teach and something that's hard to learn um how to put yourself in someone else's shoes with you know no ego no judgment or you know not going putting yourself in someone else's shoes to to the point where you're like oh if if, if this happened to me I would do xyz it's just stopping that. If I was in this person's shoes, period, what's happening. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. And
2: I feel personally, for me, um, in the last year or so, Black Lives Matter, Stop Asian Hate. Um, I went through a whole learning what it is, learning about allyship. I'll say, um, which I say you know loosely because I'm not saying I'm an ally. That's like someone has to give you that title. You know what I'm saying? Like. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh learning about allyship and learning how to feel about these um life experiences that I have no experience with and I never will understand but it's learning through empathy and the way at least the way I've been telling people is diversify your entertainment you know what I mean I could spend all day watching anime yeah I could spend all day watching anime looking at memes looking at tiktoks but Throw in some other things, throw in some some mentally uh, mental health charged and racially charged documentaries or movies in there. Follow some uh, follow NAMI Santa Clara County on on Instagram. <laughs> we
1: uh,
2: on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, all of it. TikTok even actually. We got um, where we, we do um, daily posts about, you know, just pick me up, pick me up reminders. And sometimes we have tips and sometimes we have other resources. And that's really what what helped me understand more about what's going on with the the racial climate and everything is um learning through people's stories learning from people's stories how they that they told their stories like a director tells their story with mental health issues um everyone everyone's sharing it through ways where you don't have to read articles you don't have to read books you can just watch it it's on netflix they'll probably make a make their own like mental health um what movies to watch pretty th- pretty soon. I'm sure you could Google that right now and find it. But just diversify what you're watching and what you're reading. And I think that that would be a really great step.
0: And I I actually want to talk about one thing that can break through is choose empowerment over shame. Yeah. And In, instead mm-hmm. of like saying like hey, you shouldn't feel sad about that. Like hey, it's okay to feel sad about that. Mm-hmm just because you're sad about it doesn't mean you're going to be sad forever. Sometimes what I always tell my clients at work is that it's okay to feel sad. It's okay to cry because our, those are both match. Natu- it's okay to feel anxiety because are mm-hmm. all natural feelings. Mm-hmm. And instead of saying, Hey, I shouldn't feel like this saying It's okay to feel like this because after, after this sad moment, I'm going to really be, I'm going to feel the happiness of that. I'm not sad anymore,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: you know? And choosing empowerment sometimes could be hard because sometimes our mind is telling us like, Hey, like I shouldn't feel like this. Like, Hey, you shouldn't be sad or Hey, I shouldn't feel like this. And that's exactly what I feel like I'm going through with grief. Like grief is something new to me. I just recently lost someone who's so very important to me from COVID And I keep on telling myself like, hey, like it's been months and I'm still sad and I'm still sad and I'm still sad. I feel like I can't find happiness. I'm still sad. But instead of telling myself, hey, I shouldn't feel sad, I'm just like it's okay to feel like that because I'm human and it's okay to feel sad because it's it's appropriate that it's okay to like grieve right now even if it's been months after because it was really important to you and that could be empowerment. To empower, um, to empower the sadness. And that doesn't mean that you're going to make the sadness more. You're going to make your, yourself sad more. It means that sadness is not a weakness. Crying mm-hmm. is not a weakness. Showing that you feel is not a weakness. It's actually a strength. Sh- sharing that you feel something is a strength. And that's one big part of the stigma is that when people feel like they share their their struggles they think people are weak and that's not true it's mm-hmm. actually people who share their their struggles are actually very strong for having for having the courage to share it and that's exactly what is rooted in my podcast it's called the courage in you is to for people to have the courage to talk about these things, to have the courage to bake, break through from the stigma, mm-hmm. to have the courage to admit that it's okay. It's I'm sad and that's okay, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna be okay. So that's that's, and to remember that our mental health is not our fault, our mental illnesses are not our fault. We are not. We are not our struggles. We are not our mental illness. That is, our not, that is not our identity. Our identity is who we are as ourselves. Our identity, mm-hmm. how we think that we are. Okay, yeah, maybe I might be diagnosed with depression. I might be diagnosed with bipolar. I might be diagnosed by schizophrenia, but that's not me. You know, that's just yeah. something about me, but it's not me. And that's one big way to for a stigma. And I feel like as the new generation, we are capable of breaking the stigma and straying away from the negative perceptions of mental health. And it can all start with you. It can all start with me. It can all start with all three of us. It can all start with whoever is listening to this. So, Because whatever you do, you can influence others. And you can even influence a whole generation. We kind of forget of how much power we have in our own voice, and our own empathy and our own way of thinking and we have accepted mental health a lot more compared to other, g- other generations like I said but although there is potential to do more and to educate others me- that mental health is important and it should be taken care of and it should be talked about and it should be accepted because you never know who has mental health struggles mm-hmm. Your best friend could have mm-hmm. mental you don't even know you know so I encourage everyone who's watching this to just talk.
1: Listen to us. I'm <laughs> okay. You better be listening, better be taking all these strategies. <laughs> yes, very you good. You it.
2: listeners back home.
1: <laughs> you listeners better listen
2: listeners.
1: to this important message. Yeah, I <laughs> so, yeah, no, yeah. So y'all better I am going to
2: Better subscribe to uh tita Desbre.
0: So <laughs>
2: <laughs> tita desperate's corner let's go
0: so. uh, over here <laughs> so so uh, uh, yeah so
1: go ahead if you want to say anything no i was just gonna say thank you um you know des for like sharing your story and and yeah i mean in terms of i think what will make a difference is if you just if people share their personal stories and get comfortable with that i would say at least for me when i i I would just make going to therapy, I just kind of do it like in daily language. And so I think for instance, like with my friends and group chat, we just kind of talk about going to therapy as if it's going to the doctors for your physical health or something. So we just normalize it. So it's not just like, oh my gosh, what is it's the end of the world? It's not the end of the world, you know? Um, so we always talk about saying, hey, I see my therapist for this. Hey, there's a, that. And so I think that's one way. And there was also, even on my social media sometimes, and I'm not on as much, but I used to just say things like, oh, in therapy, I learned this today as if it's normal. And I just said something simple like that. And then I've had people, even AKO sisters, reach out to me and say, hey, they they are curious about, they're curious about what therapy is or what the process is, because it's definitely, I think Kyle mentioned this earlier, it's, it's a complicated process depending on your health insurance, depending on, what's accessible to you but I think just even that simple way of just saying hey I go to therapy I've had people reach out to me just ask about my experience with a therapist and and in, in general in therapy it's kind of it's, it's a process but I think once you start educating yourself about what that is and talking to people it just creates this comfortable conversation and so I've been lucky enough like I've had great conversations with people just about their struggles and they don't have to tell me every. They don't tell me everything, but they just say, "Hey, I'm having a hard time." And so I think just sharing even something simple like that on social media, or just in general, saying, "I go to therapy," even at work, sometimes I'll just say, "Yeah, I see a therapist." And so I think just making it normalized, I think that's one way to address the stigma. I love that. Thank
0: you.
2: I love that. Thank
0: you. And you have anything else to say, Kyle, too? About. Um,
2: I want to talk about, oh, yeah, so uh, NAMI, actually, this this is where I get all the plugs in. Uh, Just exactly what we're talking about, someone to talk to, we have what's called a warm line. It's like a hotline, but it's not 24-7. Monday to Friday, 10 to 6, uh, 408-453-0400. Again, 408-453-0400. That's our warm line. You can call, be like, oh, I have problems with this and this and that. And they'll say... They'll, they'll talk you through it, they all have training to talk down situations. Um, and uh, they could also be like, oh, uh, you you could also just be like, hey, I'm looking for um, uh, affordable housing for my son who just got released from uh, rehabilitation, something like that. And uh, we, we we could uh, at least point you in the right direction. Uh, we could give you more NAMI related resources maybe. Oh, also, uh, if you're someone wants some uh, some um, What's the word? If your son wants uh, some some support groups, we can hook him up with that. If you, the parent or the person calling for this per other afflicted individual, uh, do you need support? Uh, Nami's really big on helping everyone involved in the situation. One person afflicted isn't the only person affected. Every It's a, all hands on deck. It takes a village and even supporting someone can uh, have a negative effect on your uh, mental health, As uh, even as big hearted and as much as you try. Like, it, it, affects, it affects us all and that's no one's fault. Um, mm-hmm. um, I've, I got a couple more things, I'm sorry. Um, if, if you wanna get involved and just talking about empowerment um nami santa clara county we are getting our our nami walk silicon valley on the way it's like a 5k walk but since we've gone virtual it's gone (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i got on the job as soon as we went right um so yeah if you follow go to our website nami uh, nami silicon or nami santa clara county follow us on instagram you can get all those updates on uh, how different ways we could get together virtually or in person we're working out the logistics and just celebrate what's going what's happened with mental health there's a lot of people like oh i've done the walk every year for the last 20 years in memory of my my daughter who passed things like that and um, we are also trying we're making this big big push for um to show diversity inclusion and um, e- equity, because one of my uh, personal um, goals with NAMI Santa Clara County is to diversify mental health in communities of color where it's highly, um, high, de- highly stigmatized. And we got a bunch of things on that. We got vignettes on the way. We got uh, a tic-tac challenge that's on the way. And there's gonna, there's already this this uh, this um, diversity initiatives already live you go to the resource section of our website you'll be able to find oh i'm a aapi i'm a Filipino American. So I'll find AAPI related mental health resources. If you go to our the resource section of our website, and it's pretty soon we're in the beta test of these surveys real quick, you'll be able to like, oh, I'm a Filipino American, let me take this Filipino American survey real quick and be like, what is mental health like in my in my community? Who can I trust that is t- that I could talk to? Like, what are ways that NAMI can communicate to me and my community to understand each other better? We want to learn how to talk to you specifically as specific as we can and help you give you the best help are we saying things in a non-competent way we want to know those things um and that's going to have a whole music video thing with it too that's i can't announce yet but uh, it's, super, it's super we're so excited for it and finally <laughs> last thing we have a, we have an event with the warriors coming up early may the yeah. warriors- is uh, doing Ooh. this whole big initiative. They want to make mental health at one of the forefront of their stuff and they reached out to us. Uh, so maybe the mid mid to late month in May, there'll be some things. There's going to be an official mental health NBA game. I believe it's, I can't say that yet, actually. I believe, yeah, I <laughs> already, that I, I, Actually, um, yeah, but it'll be an official game and it'll be a week long of activities before that. So follow us on social media, NAMI Santa Clara County, go to our website. Give us a call on that warm line. They'll be able to. They'll give you my number 408-4530400, nami santa clara county All of our socials are nami santa clara or nami santa clara county. Uh, and we're looking for volunteers. We're looking for interns. If you want to get more involved, uh, uh, getting involved with your local NAMI is super empowering. You learn so much. That's how I got this job. And I, I love it here, and I love these different opportunities where I could reach out with uh, people in my community, people I've. Uh, San Jose State, you know, I have a very big heart for San Jose State, and this has been a very amazing experience. Desiree, when you need a job, hit me up. Yeah, that's it. I, I'm just really grateful. Thanks for letting me ramble. I appreciate <laughs> you guys. <laughs> thank
0: you for, I, it's so important. Really, I'm really happy that you even talked about these NAMI resources because even I, like, I didn't even know all these resources were important. I'm thinking to myself, like, hey, I'm going to reach out to them soon because Hi. I feel like I need it. And thank you so much for sending your resources because I feel like even people in the audience, a lot of people in the audience would like love to like use these resources because we kind of like see like, Hey, therapy is really expensive. And I don't want to do it. So I'm not going to do it. You know? Right. So thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you
2: so oh, that's another thing. Uh, mental wellness is not just going to therapy. It's mm-hmm. and it's not just going, like you said, it's not just going for a walk either. It's a mix of things.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Every,
2: yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. I would say it's everything. Yeah. So like, even for me, I, I just, Mental therapy, because that's been my recent kind of thing. Where I'm like, I'm going to therapy, but <laughs> it's there's a lot of free, you know, it's everything. Actually, I don't even I don't, can even it talk is. about that. like, yeah, okay. there's a lot. Like for me, it's about coping, like figuring out how to cope with maybe some of the the, okay. the struggles and challenges of life. Because life is, I don't think it's ever going to be easy, perfect, and dandy. There's going to be moments where it's, it's great, and then some moments just going to suck. So I think just being able to, I don't know. I Think it's everything, it's even mm-hmm. for me. I would say I have, um, like I have polycystic ovarian syndrome or PCOS, so I turn to a lot of things like the is And some people don't think of that as a form of therapy, but to me, it is because it's helping me, right? It's helping, yeah, and it's free under health insurance. You should get six free sessions, FYI. What? So for me, yeah, for most of that's part of the. Uh-huh. Uh, the care act. Anyways, I can talk more about that in a different podcast. You know, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, just kind of seeking those things out or like, even there's a lot of, um, again, it's not therapy, but kind of related to it. There are actually a lot of free support groups out there and, and just different things. I don't even know. Can I, can
2: I add two more things? I'm sorry, but um, <laughs> so I feel like COVID has done a lot for our mental obviously uh we have a statistic for our warm line where from i think january to or no july to august we had two thousand calls roughly like four to five calls a day or four to eight calls a day and um i think where tele telehealth has you know been a silver lining is we have people who are afraid to go to a therapist, you know, just they're just nervous to have to open up and be vulnerable to a stranger. Uh, at least that's my girlfriend's situation. And with hers, with her therapist, she she got one, she she's, uh, she's black, uh, black Filipino, she found a, uh, a black, um, a black female therapist in that, you know, can relate to her struggles. And um, she they text, they don't do a face they don't go in the yeah. office they don't call or anything so there's different alternatives to getting your 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 help now which is super yeah. dope to me cuz like uh, that that is nerve-wracking to open up to someone but now they text and it she seems like way more comfortable with her therapist from when he started and therapies are cool sometimes they they come out to be really good friends and last part um covid brought so much more awareness on mental health issues that's it it's, it's gone. Everyone wants their hand in, in mental health. And I think that's really cool. And uh, thank you for doing this, Des. Thank you, AKO. <laughs> thank
0: you. <laughs> lastly, I do want to ask both of you, what is the biggest takeaway you want the audience to learn from this topic, this conversation, um, anything or anything right now? What would, would you want that? Like, what do you want to tell them personally? I mean, I would
1: say for me, my key takeaway is I think reducing the mental health stigma starts with you and and starts with the individual and kind of doing actually doing the work so I mean that's what I've I've been doing lately is really just kind of find that inner peace and inner and I, I when my therapist right now we're talking He just mentioned like all the the dialogue the inner conflict that I have within myself and so I think before you can even help others, which I think a lot of us hear all the time is you have to help yourself first. So that's really the, the key point, I think, is one way of reducing the mental health stigma. And then I think the last point for me is that raising awareness to address stigma, The first, one of the other first steps, too, is also just kind of raising awareness and educating and talking about it like we are right now. So again, I'm really grateful that AKO is Work is working with Dez on this podcast to really just bring the conversation and also bring the resources. So I definitely learned a lot from from Kyle and Nami Santa Clara. <laughs>
2: Thank you.
0: Thank you so much for your message. How about you, Kyle?
2: Um, I want people. Everyone's different. Uh, their backgrounds are different, which means they got their own triggers, and everyone's um like journey to health and like being okay with yourself and self-esteem and self-actualization. That's all different too. And they're, they're, they're at different paces and um yeah, none of it's the same, but like we could also, we could just hang out in between when things are similar, you know, when we have time to and yeah, that's it. You know, just be, be mindful that everyone's different and we're all the same. That's it.
0: And thank you so much. And then my message is that you have so much power and you have so much opportunities to influence the generation and to, to break through this stigma. So I want all of you to recognize what opportunity you have. And if you want to take the steps too, you can it's not impossible, it's not difficult, but if you really love it, that you can. Mm -hmm. And if you have something to say um, that you want to speak out and you you don't really want to put your name on it, I do have a blog that you can share your story or share whatever that you need, and it's totally anonymous. Um, So... Encouraging you, blog. It's all the way at the end. If you have to share your story about anything you want to share about yourself, it could be as deep as casual as any you want. I will be here to. I will be here. Um, And I, I, I wouldn't say that I will post it on my Instagram on my platforms just to show people like, hey, my voice is heard. Even if I, it's not. They don't know who I am. My voice is heard. So if you ever feel like you need it, I'm here. I will be doing the same thing with Alpha Kappa Omicron's Instagram when we release this podcast. And and to end this podcast, I want to say these affirmations. You can say it in your head or say it out loud if you like. But here it is. I accept my feelings. I am enough. I learn and grow through struggle. I am not alone. This too shall pass. My pain or struggles are not my identity. I can express myself freely. I am where I need to be in this moment. I matter and I am deserving of everything great. So thank you for all listening to us. With our real and raw conversation, and thank you for being here to the Courage Me podcast.